you like conversation on a variety of topics? Feel like no one wants to talk about the things that interest you? Tired of only hearing the same political, sports, or catastrophe talk? Yeah, we feel that way too. Join two high-functioning geeks as they discuss just about anything under the sun. We can't tell you what we'll be talking about each week because we don't know where our brains will take us. It will be an interesting conversation, though, so hang on and join us. Here comes the Relentless Geekery. Yeah. <laughs> Movies and TV. <laughs> I went, uh, it's amazing how many Zoom backgrounds there are available. By the way, let me get every possible memory user off so that we'll get you know no stutter and all that kind oh, of stuff yeah so yes uh i i it's kind of funny how you know we often talk about um things that are very current but already game of thrones is not quite fading from public consciousness but this is nowhere near the ooh that it would have been seven years ago eight years right. ago trying to think of how long it took for them to finish the series and now there's been an interim before we get to the the prequel right you know where they first yes. talk about the rise of the targaryen the uh the insane but powerful family, you know, gosh, that doesn't have any precedence in history at all. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm hoping Maverick finally comes out one year. I mean, it's been sitting in the can for like two years since COVID started. Exactly. I think, unfortunately, like maybe Tom Cruise still looks eternally young, but I wonder how, how's the Iceman? How's, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of the other character names. Do any of them still look? Val Kilmer is a little rough for worse for the wear, it seems, but I mean, you know, we all do if we really, I mean, heck, I look at my martial arts pictures from 10 to 12 years ago and I'm like, wow, I looked like that. I'm like, dang. (laughs) Yeah. As we always do digress. I love Val Kilmer. I, I know that he's had occasional press where he's sometimes difficult to work with, but I think it's a matter of him really trying to do well. Like Philip Seymour Hoffman, Hoffman was known for not suffering fools gladly, but it because he was turning in a great performance and wanted everybody to rise to the occasion, if you will. So that's when I've seen Val Kilmer in all kinds of things. It, it seems like he's often the best thing in the movie and not even as the star when he played Doc Holliday, right? In Tombstone. Yes. What a performance. What a, what a, an understated yet powerful who could give a line like I'll be your huckleberry and not sound ridiculous, but actually sound kind of dangerous and kind of like <laughs> afraid of dying. You better be careful. Right. He was great in, I don't know. I, I, it's I one of those, <laughs> it's one those sorry, sorry. Uh, it's one of those things where you hear good and bad about certain people and you'll hear, Bad. In fact, this will be a great segue right to one of our topics on the list. Um, you you hear these things coming from some people, but not others. It's a, it gets really difficult to know what's the truth, or because you know, even even if I go uh, complain to somebody about one of my kids or my wife or something, well, that that may be me at the moment. That may be heated. It may be that particular instance. And if you talk to her, you'll get a whole different story. And I've, I realize that. So when people say, oh, you know, I read this tweet about so-and-so. Okay, wait a second. Were you on set? Were, were you talking to somebody that you're friends with that was on set? Or is it just some random tweet? I, you can't go right. with that. Plus, yeah. Go ahead, please. Sorry. there's a lot of like rock and roll that I would have never listened to. If you really look at the, we love the, the blues artists. Those guys were notorious for sleeping with everybody in every town. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. I'll, I'll, um, there is such a voracious need in humanity to be a gossip. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't even matter whether it's true or not, kind of like along the lines of mimetics. It matters that it's juicy. It matters that people will want to repeat it because they get, yes, like, if not power, at least influence over, oh, they, they're the one that seems to be in the know. They're the one that's, that's telling a scandalous thing, though they weren't there to witness it, like you were saying. And so I've known all kinds of people that I was there at the event when, you know, it happened. And boy, their version of it spun not just Rashomon, like slight variations, but like, I was standing right next to you. None of that happened. <laughs> right. How can you? So it's it's very weird to see how people kind of rewrite history, often with themselves having a bigger role or a bigger hero or whatever else it might be, or just to be salacious, just to be like, you know, whisper, whisper, there's, there's real influence from all the gossip shows 
and and 24 7 you know 365 yeah. tv there's a never-ending appetite for that kind of stuff so and, and i don't want to delve into mental health i'll mark that mental health down as a future topic <laughs> because right. i'm not even going to say who though anyone who knows me knows who i'm talking about i know a person that right. i came to realize that no matter what the event was within moments a day a year a month it doesn't matter the story coming from that person would be completely different than what really happened even if and and this is where i started to realize it something we had on videotape that multiple people witnessed wow. that you ask well what happened type thing the story's complete no no this is what happened no that must be another time and they completely believe it and i started i i came to realize that they aren't just lying and being manipulative. There's hmm. something wrong and they the honestly wiring. believe yeah. what they're saying. They could pass a lie detector test, but, no. wow. oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's, I've read many studies, you know, we put such credence in eyewitness testimony in trial and stuff like that. Oh. And there's all kinds of studies about how bad people really are at remembering detail, at remembering sequence of events, at remembering like, at attributing what was going on and why as compared to just say what you saw just say what you think happened and you know and not in again a a bad way we have we can't have eyewitness testimony the people that are good attorneys or good examiners of that kind of stuff they learn to ask the questions that get to the part of your brain that captured it sensorily instead of immediately going into the storytelling part of the brain because mm -hmm. that's how we really remember things is that sequence of events and we kind of fill in what happened between one and the other and it's not if you will elements of a story it's all the time that while i'm looking at you really what i'm doing is a series of you know like it's kind of like sampling right i'm, I'm taking shots of you and i'm creating reality out of all the things right. that are gapping in between. And especially, I remember learning this long ago, I did studies of display devices and the way that you get idea of what, how frame rates matter or how the, the definition um, in number of pixels and stuff like that, that the brain is amazing with how it will fill in all the gaps. So it doesn't feel like it's continually jittery and the world is unsafe and unstable. No, when I move my eyes, it's not a standard sweep. It's a series of, I think they're called cicades, right? Where it does did, 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 samples and it fills in the track. And, and, it, and that's how we learn about like physics and stuff like that is if you see a ball going through the air, you expect that if I already have here and here and here, and therefore I have an idea of velocity and trajectory that I expect it to be over here. And then when you see like a magician, that's really good sleight of hand magic, they're very knowledgeable about what our expectations are and how to yes. thwart them, how to, how to like interrupt that in a way that like, at first it's startling. And then it's like, huh, well, that's different than every other time in my life. Where did the ball go? Right. I love and, that. You know? <laughs> and that's where, um, like, we have filters. So if I buy a BMW car, suddenly I see a million BMWs. It's the wow. same number. I just, my brain filtered them before. And that's in the paranormal world, the cryptids and stuff. Like, when I was working with Colin, that's where it causes a problem because people will, their brains will interpret and put things in. Oh, I saw a face. You open the closet door. Oh, it's not really a face. It's just the light on the sweater. How, you know, so nice. pareidolia, that's, you know, a term. So exactly. everything has yeah. to be taken with a grain of salt, you know, and that makes it rough. And this whole thing about actors, there's some actors that I'm like, yeah, you can kind of tell after watching movies and TV shows what they're like. And who you'd want to know and who you wouldn't. And it's funny because one of them that had some controversy, Nathan Fillion, seems like a great nerdy, fun guy, every interview, everything I've ever seen. But then the end of Castle, there was some controversy and some bad blood, it sounds. So was it he's actually that or was it just those two between themselves? And you said you've been watching Castle. So Castle is a great topic. <laughs> That's in fact, boy, let, let's, let's switch to that. You know, it, I think that's like maybe a 10 or 15 year old series. Now it was yeah. on a while back and it was, if you will, Nathan Fillion's work after Firefly and other things that I had become, I really kind of came to like him. And, and this character is a variation on that kind of the lovable rogue, you know what I mean? But he does have standards he, and he does, he's willing, he is brave when he has to be. But having said all that, I had, I guess I had read some of those similar things. Stana Kaddick, right. Was yep. his co-star and that there was, whatever chemistry they had on screen was really good acting after a while, because apparently they just didn't like each other a certain amount. I can't say apparently, 
Is that the rumor mill that fed us that? Is that that the characters they had to play with, how many times they had to kind of come to teasing each other a little bit too much, getting together, but then breaking apart? You know, that was a series where did they jump the shark by having them finally ooh, get together, like right. any number of series, you know, when in Moonstruck, when um, Maddie and ex exactly that finally got together. It was like, well, the slow boil is over. Same with cheer, same with any right. number of other things. So, and then they almost had to overcompensate where they really, in the, in character at least, started to really hate each other, resent each other, just couldn't get along. But then Danger brought them back together. And, and I remember some of what I had watched before. I don't know. I'm only up to like season two. The reason I really like the series is because without, and this is kind of funny, I have all kinds of friends that what they want to know always is how were the special effects done? And what's the backstory on people? And honestly, I just want the entertainment. I occasionally it matters to me, like I like knowing who the author is so that I can track them and maybe go to other things that they've written, screenplays or something. But most of the time, I don't want the backstage gossip. I really don't. Right. I kind of want it to spoil my illusion. And so I want to be able to watch this in, in some way. Can I put it out of my head that, ooh, where's the signs of friction as they appear? I just want to see how the character was. I don't care what that. TMZ says. I want Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I know that it, it did a good thing with, at first it starts off relatively, it's what an interesting combination. One of the ways it's interesting is it's relatively lighthearted, the banter, and not only between the two stars, if you will, but the entire uh, police office, if you will, they're all very well-written characters. Yes. And they have their own little ranking on each other and stuff like that, but but also incredible love for each other and, and dependability for each other and stuff. But the crimes they're investigating are often pretty gruesome you yes. know what i mean this person got frozen for five years and then yes. you know i mean like wow it it's not quite a special victims unit or criminal criminal minds where it's like wow is the, is the united states filled with serial killers this there can't be that many evil geniuses out there <laughs> you know what i mean and and so i and i love the fact that they're in an hour they managed to set up all kinds of red herrings, all kinds of, oh, it must be that guy. He looks suspicious. He has the motive. Oh, wait, that. And then they're very good yeah, at like yeah. kind of tracking you through not one or two, but three, four, five suspects before you get to, oh, there's the big revelation. And, and the interesting thing is Nathan Fillion's character is a writer who's following the cops. And then it just goes on longer than would be reasonable. OK, we'll bypass right. that illusion there. <laughs> that, whatever, because the setup is just great uh and if you like cop shows this is a great cop show but all the mysteries are really done in a more james patterson writer way which fits okay. him as a character and the thing that like you said that totally makes it is nathan fillion's character and the interactions i think i enjoy him with his daughter and his mother as much as the rest of the story Absolutely. I'm not sure whatever happened to the, the daughter as an actress, but I thought that that was going to be the launch of a career. I mean, she is still out there. Okay. So I, I don't remember seeing her in other things, I guess. it it, And it's kind of funny. One of the things at the heart of the series is very much what we're talking about. The cops are all about evidence and putting together enough solid evidence to be able to convict. And Nathan is the storyteller. Uh, you know, that is, you know, Frank Castle's is it Frank? Yes. No, Rick. Rick, Rick, Rick. Um, Sorry. And and so the combination of the two is what kind of gets you to reality, that he can take them to the, let's extrapolate from that. Let's think of what might have gone on there. And a lot, oftentimes he's wrong, but at least he gets them to open up from just the very kind of static and stale. It's only the evidence that you kind of, if you're going to figure out motive, right. you have to get inside somebody's head. You, you have to be able to put yourself in their shoes. And so he's got those skills and the others, and you know what I mean? So it, it shows the contrast between those points of view and that maybe you need both in order to kind of succeed in life, in order to at least catch criminals. Right, <laughs> you know right. I mean? so, very cool. I, yeah. I, and, and it's different. There, there's little Easter egg stuff too. I mean, the one Halloween episode, it's funny you're watching that because I've started rewatching it and I'm on season two also. Um, and honestly, we didn't talk about this before. No. Who knows what led us to it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it wasn't like I got an ad for it. It was just like, you know, I never saw that entire series. So, right. I kind of want to. I need to do the X-Files thing. Right. Everyone in order and get to the end. And I don't know, am I going to end up paying for some? Because right now I'm watching it free on like Pluto. You know, oh, okay. and, and that's one of the things I had mentioned is, man, this Roku box is opening up incredible worlds of all the different stations that are out there and how many of them have different specialties. You know what I mean? That right. this is the documentary channel and this is the Brit channel and whatever else it might be. And what used to stop me from uh, 
subscribing, like actually cut the cord. We ended up getting Netflix and Amazon and that two infinities of movies, that should be enough. Well, the industry got cunning enough to say, if we have a certain amount of exclusive content, we can get $2.99 a month out of a million people. And that's still pretty good money. So let's do that. And so I've been kind of looking into, do I really need to get the Brit box in order to be able to watch my Doctor Who's or my Wallanders? Who I'm trying to, and maybe that's not a Brit series. You know what I mean? There's certain, right, right. there's a characteristic Brit series, if you will, that I want to catch up on lots of old stuff and also kind of stay current with. So I know that I don't have to just get it and oh no, I'm trapped forever. It used to be I had to sign a contract for a year or two. Nowadays, it seems, and we just did this with Peacock, we turned it on so we could watch the Olympics. And now that the Olympics are done and I kind of scan through what else do they have available, standard, if you will, NBC primetime TV, eh, turn I don't it off. And you can turn it back on, on later. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. And that's what I'll, I intend to do is with Roku, you can do a search for all different kinds of things and find out what channel it's on. And here it's free and here it's a buck 99 or whatever else it might be. And so hopefully I'm going to be able to kind of hop around and turn things on and off wisely instead of oh i lost track of that and then i end up paying 40 bucks a year for never having watched it right, you know, right. And, and 40 bucks doesn't seem like a ton nowadays when you have five and of them wasteful yeah <laughs> times five is 200 bucks and i just i just pissed that away and I if don't you invest it, that <laughs> like that <laughs> so so the, the one the thing i love about castle and a lot of his shows is all the little personality things the one halloween episode and i know you've just seen it where he comes busting out and he's wearing his firefly outfit and his daughter goes come on dad didn't you wear that like five years ago isn't it time to move on it's you know yes hilarious self-referential and it's aware it's got we just watched a a movie recommended by a friend called mitchell the mitchells versus the machines it's an animated movie so maybe it's up for oscars for animation or something like that i think that's why she was able to watch it because she's in the industry and gets to watch all the cool things um, you know, be, to, to be able to vote. So you know, she really does vote for the Oscars. So um, it is uh, nowadays, many, many movies are very aware of what has gone before. So they'll not only as an Easter egg, as a snarky thing, but they'll make a reference of, well, dad, you don't want to be, uh, you know, a brown coat from Firefly. You don't want to be, you know, they, they're aware of, is this a Star Trek world or a Star Wars world or a, or a you know what I mean? Like what, future dystopian or utopian are we shooting for here right. and the fact that that's become such a cultural touch point is very interesting because in the movies fake movies they can make reference because in the real world everybody has seen right a lot of those and, you know and really i cool. <laughs> so did you ever see um the sword and stone animated uh disney show yes exactly with the Fox, okay yes, exactly. <laughs> so merlin was supposed to be lived backwards and lived forever you know and he knew worlds outside his own uh, so the the Disney cartoon, the wizard guy made little hints and references to like our real world, uh, just those little funny things. If you didn't yeah. get it, it's fine. If you did, it's just a little funnier. Well, in my town magician story, I kind of modeled my main wizard guy after that. And he makes a few references and my editor didn't quite get it and said, well, who's this person? You haven't talked about them yet. And I'm like, it's just a little nod, a little Easter egg, wink, wink, if you get it or not. And she's like, well, it's go confuse people. You should take it out. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And the interesting thing is uh, castle with Fillion was one of the uh, signs from above for me to start writing. I had like three signs all at the same time, literally within a week of each other that I said, okay, I've been thinking about writing, thinking about writing. And this one is sending me messages. Exactly. (laughs) I I had been playing the game, Alan Wake, which is one of my all time favorites forever. And I finished it. And I'm like, and, and the guy in there is a writer and he's finding pages to a book. And, you know, so it's that. And literally the weekend after I finished that, I went to Bill and Bria's house for the first time, met Bill and learned he was a writer and that. And then the Sunday we got back, I think it was Sunday, we sat down to have dinner and you know what, this new show or this show with uh, Nathan Fillion Castle, it always looked good. Let's watch some of it. And he's a writer. I'm like, okay. Within like three days, I got three signs about writing. So (laughs) the following weekend, I didn't have the kids and I started writing. (laughs) Good for you. You know, I love that there are really our origin stories in real life, just like there are in comic books. And sometimes it's kind of funny. I really don't think that there's um, massive cosmic forces that are telling us those things, but there's nothing wrong with each of us saying, 
you know, I, I just had this encouragement three times in a row. Why not listen to it? I like telling this story. When I tell the story of my life, I want to be able to say, the universe talked to me three times and I couldn't turn away. That's a great story. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, that, it, the, the quest came to my house. It, it's either that or a radioactive... <laughs> do that or a radioactive Nathan Fillion bit me. Yeah, something. <laughs> so, so there, there's our recommendation. If you haven't watched Castle, you really should. It's it's a fun show. It's really good. And and, and I uh, as I watch it, I'm aware of like, wow, I'm only on the second season. I think there's seven or something like that. So I seven love or eight. Yeah. exactly it's like, wow, I got a whole bunch ahead of me. And it's something that Colleen and I both seem to like. Sometimes, you know, my series are too comic booky or science fiction or something like that. Too many guns and explosions. And Colleen doesn't always care for them. Sometimes when we find things that we like, we we devour them. And then you have that little bit of, oh, I binge too much. There's no more baking show for another year. You know what I mean? Maybe right. we should stretch that out. But there is a joy to saying, I really am enjoying it. I'm liking the the current series contestants. Let's just watch one more. Let's see one one, one that happens. Right. You know what I mean? When you find something you really like, you don't have to always deny yourself. It's okay to binge a little bit. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. And Castle, I mean, uh, if you like the police shows, it, it's got that crossover because it's more lighthearted and fun with him in it. I, I'm not a big NCIS person but i love castle now have you watched his newer one rookie i have not so I, no. that's what got me to watch castle because i started watching rookie after three or okay. four years now i just started watching season one okay it's similar uh it's he's uh 40-ish mid 40s and he has a midlife crisis and so he decides to move to la and become a a cop so he's okay. the oldest rookie there because like the other rookies are 24 you know he's right, 45 right. Of, exactly yep. and so that's the premise to set it up that oh here's this bumbling old guy trying to learn all the stuff like a new kid um okay. but just like castle there's a lot of good characters a lot of heart and it's not just like watching an episode of cops it's a lot of the story and the characters it's not so much what yeah. crimes they're busting they use that to very good dramatic effect Exactly. But you're not just sitting there watching them solve mysteries. It's the it, it, you know characters and everything they're going through. Yeah. Not not That's a soap opera, but you can't just watch them willy nilly because some of the other storylines. Yeah, one of the things I love about ensemble cast shows is that they're really there's always unplumbed depths. They can say, "Wow, we haven't put the spotlight on this character. We really should go a little bit more into what was their cop story. What was their you know right. the trauma or the message from above that that told them that they should be doing this." I've seen lots of similarities between Castle and Lucifer. I don't know if you watched any of Lucifer, but he's a uh, consulting detective with right. a uh, lady policeman. And the fact that he has, you know, celestial powers or infernal powers is probably a better way to put it. But there's lots of the good office staff, the banter back and forth, the um, mysteries that seem to take multiple turns before they finally catch it. If if the, a lot of the writing staff didn't go from one to the other, they handed off the template <laughs> about how to do a show like this and easily do a quality hour. You know, uh, I mean? see, so, yeah. now I'm going to have to go watch Lucifer. It's always been on the fringe, but now you say that. And right. I will, I've said this before, and anyone listening, pass this on, tweet it out. Yeah. There is no other duo than Fillion and Tudic that should be Sam and Al in a quantum leap reboot. I have said that how many times I, I, I will like have a very rough time with anyone that is not them. <laughs> uh, you know, it's kind of funny. Alan Tudic has become kind of the Zelig of Hollywood. You know what I mean? When I keep finding out, Oh, he wrote that. He did that. Yeah. He choreographed the dancing for peacemaker. Like we right. just talked about it's and any, I, I won't wait till the end. And this isn't really trivia, but it's like mind blown. Cause I just posted about this. So we, we both know Pink Floyd. Yeah, An early album of theirs is called A Saucer Full of Secrets. And in fact, Nick Mason has been touring with a, a jazz prog-ish band, if you will, recreating a lot of that because it's not anywhere near radio friendly. It's really interesting and odd. <laughs> Having said all that, if you remember, both that cover, Saucer Full of Secrets and Metal, are really interesting, kind of like oil drop paintings. They're up, right. they're very unformed. Um, the metal is of an ear submerged underwater, and recognizably so. Saucer Full of Secrets has all kinds of, like a montage of various different in, in, uh, images. What did I just learn? Doctor Strange comic number 158, where the Living Tribunal, it, it's the second appearance of him. There's a page that they show 
it, they grabbed this image of his head and it's in the upper left-hand corner of the album cover. Here's a series of planets showing how he has this cosmic you know, influence, that series of planets. <laughs> Doctor Strange, muted but recognizable over to the right-hand side. So it matches perfectly. It's late 60s. That's exactly when this was being made. You know, there was all kinds of crossover between comic book people and music people and movie people and stuff like that. And I just, I love both of those things. And I had never noticed that before. Wow. So I've had those comic books for 50 years and those albums for 50 years. Boom. It really is there. Mind blown. Isn't that the coolest thing? Yeah. Kind of like when you put on Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon and watch... Wizard of, uh, Wizard of Oz, yeah, it matches really well. You, know, you started, I think, right when they first go from it, black and the, white to color. Yeah, the so color, right? yeah. Door opening to, to Oz. I just how cool that <laughs> that they really did that, but kept quiet about it for all these years. Well, nowadays, it would be like people couldn't wait two weeks before blabbing. You know, either right. one of the creators or somebody on set or something would have cop to it, and instead they just kind of like. I love that. I love that. It's like it's like a real life dungeon RPG, and you discovered a, a rare treasure. A cool thing. Exactly, exactly. So that that's my cool bit of trivia for the week. Is, I love that. So, you know, and it's kind of funny. People won't have a lot of access to Doctor Strange Tales in One Fifty Eight. You know, Doctor Strange. But if you go online and look for that, you'll see that it really is there, man. It's not right. like what you were saying before about hey, I'm going to see a face in this because we're built to recognize. Right, right. Things. No, it's it's very clear that these three things are all right there. Right. <laughs> so, well, <anyway>. speaking <laughs> of comic books, you probably could go onto Comixology or Amazon and find that. But this is our <laughs> segue. <laughs> you might not be able to. Uh, we mentioned. Oh, OK, so Stephen. two topics we've talked about in the past couple of weeks. One is uh, Amazon buying and changing Comixology. And the other is user design in interfaces for programs and stuff. And I, I've been saying how Linux really needs to work on that, the open source people. Well, mm -hmm. Amazon made an announcement. They're shutting down Comixology and, and folding it all into Amazon, which we said when they first did it. Yeah, that's what's going to happen and yeah. all of that. Well, they are, and it sucks. <laughs> it really does. When they bought it and just left it alone, I was fine for them to create the sales opportunities of, hey, it's not only about comic, Comixology Unlimited, where you can look at things online that they really were good at. You can buy the latest issue. You can buy it digitally or physically. You know what I mean? That that integration between atoms and, and bits, if you will. Well, whoever put together this transition plan and how they're going to be absorbing it into the Amazon world, it's terrible, especially if you're an existing Comixology subscriber. And I have been for a couple of years to like, okay, where is the list of things that I borrowed in the past? Because I don't always buy it and then read it all the way through. I like buy, I, I buy it, borrow it. I like, okay, I know I'm going to want to read all the boys again. So I put them all in my queue and I think there's a limit, but I haven't hit it. And same with Doom Patrol and same with um, current, um, like when, with a Moon Knight movie coming out, let's go read some of the best Moon Knights ever, especially the ones like Warren Ellis with Declan Shavy and stuff like that. I just want to go and do that used to be you just kind of go on to comiXology and go where you want and now without going into torturous detail okay um i look up moon knight and it has that but there isn't a series of buttons for hey buy it or rent it or you know save it for later if you will all right there's a thing here for library or what i've already gotten borrowed so let's go there <laughs> is there a way of sorting that based on chronology or on alphabetic and it's like it's dog's dinner it's a huge screen all the things that used to be, I can get in and out. I have time for reading two issues of something. That's what I'll do with my time while I'm waiting for this thing to compile or whatever else it might be. Now it's torture. And what they're trying to do, of course, is push you to buy a Kindle, to buy a dedicated reader. And it might even be like, oh, that's comic book size. That would work. Right. No. When I try to go into the Kindle app on, it's my, horrible. on my computer, it, it wouldn't let me say, I've been to Amazon for 20 years how about if I use my same Amazon login and so forth, and I declare myself to Kindle, something breaks. Is it sometimes there's weirdness about the Safari browser versus mm. um, Chrome or Google? So I'm like, okay, Amazon doesn't really have a, a browser like Google does. And so I always think of maybe Google's just trying to make you use Chrome. Maybe the way to go is Firefox, because that's really not company, but kind of agnostic browser. I don't want to have to use either one of those. I'm comfortable in Safari. So I only have suspicion. I don't have why that isn't breaking. But after you troubleshoot a little bit and say, okay, let's go and clear the cache. Let's come back in. Let's delete the app that I currently have because maybe it's a previous version and get the latest download version. Nope. 
it wants me to go use Kindle and I can't get logged on to Kindle. So it'll make the connection and show me what's available to me. Who does I have, Who I have, loses a customer like that? That's yes. Terrible. I have an iPad with the Kindle app and I use that a lot for reading. It's a great size uh, for reading and comics, especially I open up the Kindle app and it throws all my books, which I have quite a few <laughs> right. and all the comics mixed up within that. And I can't hit a filter and say, just show me the comic books. Right. Graphic it, novels only, please. Comics only. Exactly. It, it's, <sighs> it's unread or uh, just the red or, and I'm just like, no. I, so I go online to Amazon, go into my account, the de devices and content. And I look and they do have the comics separate, but it's just a big, long running list. And I'm just like, this is horrible. And, and they don't, and that see, at least in the Kindle app, they'll, put it by series. So if I find right. amazing Spider-Man, I could click it and I see 127 issues or whatever. And you can flow from issue to the next when it yes. just says next. And yeah, exactly. At, but that's if you go in the back end, cause you want to manage your content, it's individual issues listed by uh, alphabetical or release date. So you don't get it by series. And I'm just like, Oh dear God. That's ridiculous. I mean, I, it, What's weird about this is, you know, that it can't have only been like in the Amazon labs. They must have put it out for beta testing. And who didn't say, this isn't what I want. Well, this isn't how I want to read comic books. This isn't how I want to be able to search for something. It, it, there must, they must have gotten feedback. And yet they pushed it out for some reason. More than likely, I'm betting form. They, they have some plan, good or bad, whatever. But they're like, okay, this is the date comicsology is going to go away. So it has to be minimally working by that time. Uh, we don't care if you have a, I'm, I would hope that they have things still being worked on. Now they could say, okay, we bought Comixology. We're only making this much money. So it's not worth any time and effort. We can't support Comixology. We'll get rid of it. They're here. It's all good. And we're done. I am afraid that could be it. Yeah. Having been on any number of teams where they had a hard deadline, like you're saying, and whatever they had working, they declared we're in production. Everything after this is maintenance, even though it's missing major features, even though certain things are broken, but we had to be in production as of 1187 or whatever. And look, we are. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's that was a big realization when I first you know got on big projects for Pete Marwick Days and as a consultant was that that free perfect and now you don't even get usually they say you can get like two out of those three. A lot of times there was nothing that mattered as much as somebody somewhere made a commitment, made a promise, and they weren't going to renege on that promise, even if it didn't match reality. Right. They just couldn't do it. That would end their career. I, Did they give you the resources to meet that date? Did they make sure that they had, you know what I mean? It was, wow, I've been, corporate America, man. Wow. I've been having <laughs> some programming issues along those lines that I haven't had in a long time that, oh, well, here's this. Uh, we want to change all of this and we need it in a week. I don't even know what all needs changed or here, rush this. It needs done. I, I'm not getting it. It's not working. I need more assistance. I need some articles. I need support, something or well, it needs up. Why is it up? Get this up. Change. Oh, wait, change to this one and said, do this. But I already spent five hours on that. Okay. I'll change this. Okay. It's not working. That's okay. We're not going to use any of that. We're going to this. I've had both of those issues in the past couple of weeks. And it's just like, guys, we would have been much further ahead on all this stuff. You just say, Let's plan this and see what we need to do. Here's the priorities. Here's secondary. Here's what can wait. Yeah. It, I have had uh, success and terrible failure when I finally had to pull the plug on things like that. Some cases they were like, you're right. We, we botched this. We really need to pull back. And as you said, decide on priorities, decide on feature set and stuff like that. Others, it was, nope, we needed this. We, we, we gave you what you needed. There was no, there was no pulling back from their series of bad decisions, but as long as they were the decision maker, the teller of the tale, they had to have a scapegoat. And uh, just that, I, I think I, and I always tell the story. I, I did some work for a big advertising company in Chicago. And every time that I went in with the prototype of what they had talked about, because they're advertising people, they didn't say, okay, let's take what you've got and refine it. They would have another idea meeting. And they would just say, oh, no, we did. And, and the kind of changes that they were looking for wasn't, well, we don't like the blue, let's go with green, or we want to have five things in this list instead of three. It was the equivalent of, we really like this Christmas tree and all the ornaments you put on it, but really what we want is a spruce instead of a fir. 
You mean like the the fucking structure, the actual <laughs> the thing that everything else, which is on. something you, you never mentioned make before. Make a decision is that solidly. Now you're, and I, I get that you won't know what you like until you see it, but after you've done that three, four, five times, and you really, there's an envelope that you go towards refinement. You know what I mean? That you make big decisions early and kind of commit. And then you, I just kept getting the rug pulled out from under me, the heart of the system stabbed, throw that one away. And, and as any quarter will tell you, I didn't throw it away. I kept all kinds of components, every single bit that I thought they don't know what they want really. So when they see it again and they compare it to other things that they're suggesting, they're going to come back to version four. They're going to say, well, really, they're not going to say what we want was version one, but they're going to say something like, this is what we want. And I'll be like, I already got that coded. You didn't like it then, but I'll bring it back up. Right, now. Right. And I, I don't, I never, I was never um, sneaky about it, but it just was out of self-defense. You learn if I've got a series of, wow, fireflies that just don't have an attention span beyond mayflies beyond the day that they're alive you know what i mean and even in making committee decisions there's people that have an uncommon ability to sway public opinion that really don't have the best ideas but they sure can talk it up and they sure have enthusiasm and they have anger right oh, you know so, I'll, I'll, <laughs> a lot of people still just don't understand the coding and development for computer systems uh, they just don't get that. They see, and I've actually had this said to me, uh, well, can we add this button? Okay, what's that going to do? Well, it needs to do this. Oof. Wow, with the way this system is, that's going to be rough. Let me look at it and I'll get back to you. Well, what do you mean? This should just, just be button. easy. Well, here, I literally on a, I got a screen share. They pulled up Word, a document in Word and said, see that button there that Word has? I just want that button over here in our stuff. Right. I can't just copy it. I mean, it's, it doesn't work that way. Literally, exactly. you had that told to me. Yeah, that, that, that whole tip of the iceberg thing that people really don't always have a great idea as to the level of complexity, the level of difficulty in integrating multiple things that come from different worlds into one thing. You know what I mean? And, and I, I don't know when I sometimes when I tried to explain, here's why it's difficult. I get the hand waving. I don't care about that stuff. Right. I just know what I want. It's like, and I want it tomorrow. But, but that's what my my estimate is based on. I'm, and, and you can bring in another consultant if you want that will tell you, hopefully, much of what I'm telling you now, that no one's going to commit to doing this in the week that you just described. It's, it's just not doable. And I'm pretty good at what I do. So sometimes, most of the time, I've been able to get rapport and trust early by doing difficult things, but with quality. And then they, they trust you to make those next decisions. Sometimes I've had the how much by when people that were just it's did you go to the bathroom again is that time away from the desk it's like wow i think i'll never work with you again after this right. gig is over you know what i mean i can't have you this is I, I i always apologize for repeating myself but colina has been going through a certain amount of this and so i just share some of these stories when you go with somebody you say okay um this will be done in two weeks and then they call you on tuesday and say how's that coming it's like <laughs> i swear if anything has changed That'll give you a better uh, due date or a worse one. I will, of course, inform you. I'm aware <laughs> that you're managing expectations and that you're talking to the rest of the firm and so forth, but I'm not ever going to hide or withhold or work overnight to try to make up for something that I did wrong. And I'm not I'm telling you two weeks more. and then doing it in an hour. It, it's going to exactly. take two weeks. And just, I'm not going to sit on my hands and watch, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then, of course, not only Tuesday, but they come back Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And it's like, honestly, I, I guess this is your management style. But now what I have to tell you is every time you interrupt me, you cost me. There's a whole bunch that you put into your head to load to be able to keep multiple, you name it, code fragments and database things. And, and all, all of that has to be in to get it to integrate well. And when you interrupt me, I have to reload that. And it's not like a minute. It's 20 or 30 minutes to gather again yeah. the right frame of mind to work. So please don't. The reason that I didn't get the nice office uh, cube that you offered me that I got this scut cube, but it's over here in the quiet area is because I need quiet. I need concentration. If you can give me an office and not have it offend all the people that think that the office is a sign of power and authority, it's because I need oh. to be able to close the door. <laughs> I need to be yeah. able to get away. Go put me in the unfinished section of the floor. As long as I have electricity and exactly. light, I will sit in the middle well, the of coders, the They're not looking for the big place. rosewood desk. We oh, want to, to, I, had, I don't need the plant. I don't need the desk. Exactly. I, 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 I had one it. that 
they said, okay, well, we want to make sure this gets done right. So we need to have a meeting in the morning and then another one in the afternoon to get updates. I'm like, okay, first of all, if we have a meeting in the morning and I only work for four or five hours and we have another meeting, how much do you think really is getting done? It's not like whole parts of systems are, you know, just, and, and, and literally we'd have a meeting at four and then at 8 a.m. the next day. So four o'clock, we'd have a half hour, 45 minute meeting. That's pretty much my day. I'm done. And then eight, eight in the morning, we could start again drinking coffee. So what, what do we got here? Well, remember what I told you at 430 yesterday? That's where we're at. Yeah, well, well, why, why don't we have any the elves did not come in? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, okay, whatever. But oh, go ahead. I got a different update. I just because because it's funny to you. Um, <laughs> I worked at Progressive for a long time uh, as director of databases, and not only did I do director level stuff, but I regularly did um, analysis and coding and things that required again some concentration. I had by luck the lactation room. Formerly the lactation room. Right, right, right. Nobody else wanted it because it had no windows. It wasn't like a nice place to work necessarily, but it had a door and no windows so that no one could interrupt. And in the act of just like walking by, looking in and you know what I mean? I just, in there, I could have like my own music and my own privacy. And when I emerged, I was not an antisocial guy. I'd go and talk with people on the way to the bathroom or over the, the break room and stuff like that. But then when I went into the thing and, and just that most of the time I had my door open because I was approachable. When I had the door closed, it wasn't like me being a hermit. It was there's something important that has to happen that I need to be able to concentrate. I need for. to concentrate so in the treat this as if I'm lactating. Treat this as if I'm taking care of my baby. And that you know what I mean? Right. But that only lasted for a, a, a not long enough at uh, progressive and then then it was changes they regularly did movement of reshuffling of desks and movement of people from like building to building and somehow i never seemed to trade up or retain even what i had had i kept getting though i was like a level six out of seven technical guy and director for a while when i was a director i had an office because they really didn't have that weird hierarchical system there once i uh, moved to a more technical track, kind of an internal consultant. They just didn't have that respect because you didn't have to be able to close the door to have a confidential conversation. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, well, you I, know, when I were you at progressive? Well. <laughs> Sorry. When were you at progressive? Who, who was I? Sorry? When, what, what oh, time frame? Uh, uh, early two thousands, right after I got in town, that's uh, from like 2001 to 2006. I was okay. There. Well, five years. So early 2000s, probably a little before that, your time. Progressive was one of the companies I was looking at, uh, maybe interviewing and trying to get hired in because I heard about their tech and how, you know, pretty good benefits and, you know, right. good tech work at the time and stuff. The other one, believe it or not, was Smuckers down in Orville that they had, exactly. they what was it, in Money Magazine or something? They were one of the top 10 tech hiring companies in the country. And I'm like, oh, I could drive the Smuckers every day, you know? I remember being at either an Oracle or a Microsoft conference and and representing Progressive, if you will, and some of the worst representing Smuckers. And I really was like a little teasy because I did not know until they talked about the kinds of things that they were doing. Yeah. Like, you are absolutely state-of-the-art in terms of SQL Server and integration yep. with UDB and Oracle, which we're trying to do at Progressive and not necessarily successfully because we're having problems finding people that do these things. It's because you're stealing them because, because they, people they are really paid good. Exactly. They paid so. good. They had great <laughs> benefits and it, and they really pushed it at the time as, uh, do you like tech? Do you like doing this type of programming? We've got something you're going to love. And this is so much fun, you know, because they understood that the tech guys, the programmers, coders, that we get off on it. We love the coding. We love seeing that come to life and thinking about it. it's it's a very analytical, technical, creative process. Yeah. It's Colleen, actually, when she was uh, doing some uh, job interviewing, this is a while back now, like 15 years ago, that was one of the places that she looked into and things didn't work out, but that's always been to her. One of the ones that got away, not in the technical side that we're talking about, you know, she does retirement planning and so forth, but instead of doing the retirement plan where you're the company that offers them, and then it would be the person that runs that for the individual company, but she got such a good vibe from I don't know. Are, are you going to, we already, there was possibilities of remote work. Is she going to, are we going to move to Orville? Not sure. We don't know that uh, small town Ohio compared to Lakewood, where we have all the good live right. that we love. But having said that, 
it really was just that one of those ones that got away we made a point of stopping by they have an outlet store you know we went down to johnson woods which is a cool old growth forest in ohio like the, the oldest one in ohio that's untouched and again i apologize if i repeat a very interesting combination of the forest is right next to like swampland so that archer daniels midland that tore up all kinds of southeastern ohio in order to get to the stuff underneath this was not a good prospect for them so it was left alone so there's massive cool old trees there and conveniently right down the road from orville is this smucker's outlet and the first time that we were there we were like they got every single kind of nut butter you can imagine. They've got, you know, and we didn't realize how many brands Smucker had. So they've got like, I don't know, um, Angus chili. I, and I'm making these things up, but you know, they had, we, we walked out of there with like a couple <laughs> bags of stuff. Like just, we, we struck while the iron was hot. I didn't, I wasn't aware that there were that many different coffees, bread mixes, all yeah. this kind of stuff. Let's just try a whole bunch of different stuff. And and the, the the people working there were just so impossibly cheerful. It was like, was this like Stepford? Is this, you know, is this like a weird thing? Right. No, it did. Thing. It seemed like Orville revolved around <laughs> Smuckers, like they built the town. And every yeah. TV show, that's always an alien race controlling them. So uh, you got to exactly. wonder. <laughs> you know, you, you go you, to get to the outlet store, you drive past the entire big factory and office compound. And it really is like, Wow, they could be doing all kinds of stuff in there that the government isn't aware of. Right. <laughs> right. It's an interesting area. And I guess just that if they're going to be a company town, we, again, I apologize for going like one of the cool things about being a company town is when you look at, oh, they also sponsor the softball team. Here's the softball diamond. That right. So that, and like they, there's a, the local symphony is part sponsored. So they really were creating quality of life for the people that live there, not just we're going to grind you down, you peons. You know what I mean? It really seemed to be that they had integrated beautifully into the community. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Which, which is funny because last week I talked about uh, Jack Reacher, the Lee Childs book. And right. the very first one is exactly that. Some big company comes into a small town, revamps it and cleans it up. They, they, you know, give all the storefronts, a cl- you know, looks nice. They, give it to the community and all these great things. And then it turns out that they're laundering money and just right. using the town because it's small, or you could say facade instead of right. real love for the community. Okay. Or it could be like charming <laughs> where you've got the sons of anarchy riding their bikes around and keeping control of things like some, you know, wild West town or something. So exactly. It, it lends itself. Machines that I just mentioned, by the way, is all about like, you know, the robots deciding don't worry, humanity we will keep you safe. Well, until you're no longer useful to us, you know right. what I mean. So then, then we'll just use you as a battery, <laughs> like that, or well, like in this case, they're going to like load them up to these beautiful rocket ships and shoot them into the sun, shoot them into interstellar space. <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> like, or, oh, well. or in this case, it's like, so what do you think of our new flavor jelly? Yeah, exactly it's a, so, a special little zang to it yeah it? you like that that's a natural coloring red uh, so in, in updates for coding we were talking programming and all that you know some of the new things i've been working on i successfully this past weekend with a little help from ethan uh made a, a wordpress theme from scratch that I coded it, didn't use any tools. It was all literally notepad uh, and, you know, got figure. I did look it up. It was kind of going through a tutorial thing. So it wasn't like I was just randomly. I did, you know, what are the files, what is needed in the files and that type of thing. But, you know, I'm able to open up the WordPress test development and I see the theme, I choose it, it activates it and it changes and I can go in and mess with the CSS and, oh, it looks different. So yay for me. (laughs) Good for you. A great success story and great success for like WordPress. That's been around for like 25 going on 30 years. Yeah, It's one of the things that tamed the web in terms of a lot of people wanted to do a blog or a vlog or whatever else it might be. And instead of uh, trying to make a storefront front into a blog, they said there really is a need for this to be able to do serial posting, to be able to access indices, to be able to stop spam. You know what I mean? All the things you need to do to be able to stop people posting badly on you and stuff. Right. And WordPress has been a great solution for a long time. So I did it long ago when I first started the smart life, you know, before Relentless Geekery, I had a thing called the smart life that I was working with. And then I ended up moving from WordPress to Ning because it had even better um, social media and 
um, powerful capabilities, if you will. But, and it, everybody has these stories maybe. And then, you know, so I, I moved to Ning, social media, and then Facebook arrives yeah. and explodes. And it's like, wow, I, I really want to stick with all the investment, the time and the pain that I put into this and building my hundreds of users and stuff like that. It wasn't thousands yet. But then it's like, wow, I'm finding that Facebook is uh, a tsunami. There's no way that you're going to be able to fight this. I'm going to it as often as I'm going to the smart life. And if I wasn't already committed to the smart life, I'd be like, wow, this is a lot of good stuff over here. So, you know what I mean? Which I, is I, funny because now we've come to that other side of the loop. And we've talked about that before, that yeah. people are getting very disillusioned with Facebook. And there's people that just don't want to do Facebook. They don't want to go on it. A lot yeah. of authors like got rid of their author page and they're not on that. But I know several that are starting their own social media camp using Slack or Discord, or uh, there's one, another online one. I mean, it's like your very own small personal Facebook and exactly. they put their own website. And That's right. Discord is one of the ones that I, when I first discovered it, it was like, wow, you know, so it comes kind of from a gamer perspective, you know what I mean? It really is about forming up, up groups of people to be able to go in and, and do your rating and stuff like that. But, but having said that, it's a great alternative and they haven't uh, tried to compete directly with Facebook. They kind of let people discover them that are looking for that alternative and for different things that they might need. And I guess maybe we are getting to different industries or maybe that's a bad way to put it, different interests. Like if you want to share recipes, um, maybe Facebook isn't the best way to do it because its search features don't allow you to do what you really might want to do, which is go back to 10 years of recipes and look for anything that involves avocado or something like that. Right. And so I, I love the fact that there are alternatives. That's what it should be in a free world, a capitalist world. Uh, you know what I mean? It shouldn't right. be that there's people, one monolithic thing that so crushes everything else that now there's only one way to do it. People so, want more control over their stuff and Facebook takes that completely away. And yes, that's, I think, the yeah. biggest thing. Yeah. So, okay. I know uh, we're, we're slightly rushed, not totally, but slightly today. So here's my, my other tech update. Uh, so my 3D printer which I was ready to throw outside. And I'm like, come on, I can't be this bad. I know so, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I tried everything I could to get it to work. Couldn't get it to work. So I finally said, okay, well, I used up most of the little demo re reel of filament playing around with it. I said, I can buy some filament. It's like 25 bucks, a ton of it. You get a whole ton of, I mean, it's huge. Right. It, it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. I can afford 25 bucks if it doesn't work. I didn't want to waste the money if things weren't going to be working. Okay. Hey, guess what? The whole problem was the filament. It was all dried out. The new stuff prints beautifully. So your high quality filament. Fantastic. It's Excellent. a werewolf. <laughs> I know. Oh, well, you can't see it. <laughs> there you go. You know, how often is that true? Unfortunately, Scott, a good friend of mine who uh, uh, I worked with at Ameritech that then went on to become a painter. He, he just decided he wanted to do something more physical, more like you can see results at the end of the day instead of just pushing paper and bits he really wanted to be this room was white and now it is olive or whatever and he always talked about what matters of course is the quality of your brushes the quality of your paint it isn't me magic as a great painter i am absolutely enhanced by knowing enough about these things that like what are my my vocs my volatile organic compounds and he, he was so happy to launch into i guess it's like when i'm talking about my bread machine you know it's like blah, 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 blah. you just can't stop talking about if you get the right flour and you get the right you measure your ingredients correctly and stuff that whatever was not working before kind of magically goes away and i'm so happy that you discovered that the sample filament was kind Crap. of like aged out and now that the good new stuff is going to put you back in the game yeah and let I, you make werewolves How it, cool is that? so so the, <laughs> you know, the biggest problem now Oh, I made this angel too. Uh, I think she's pretty cool. That's great too. Exactly. Was it was the 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 Aegis, the sword of heaven? There you go. There we yeah. go. Um, the the problem now shield actually, but anyway, okay. And now okay. is that the little post is this big to hold the reel, but the reel is like this thick, so it keeps spooling off and getting tangled. I ruined two prints this weekend. One it got oh, twisted, so it wasn't printing. So I look and here's the bottom of the where it was printing and the head's right. up here doing nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, crap. Oh, no. And then another one, it just has to unspool and it, it must've got caught. 
and it pulled it in and it like broke the filament. So again, it got halfway through a print and then it was ruined. So that was a beholder. I was printing a yeah. beholder. Whatever spool size they use, you would think that they must know that what's the right size to make it so that the weight of it is not so much that it doesn't feed correctly, doesn't ever struggle, doesn't right i don't know you want it to be perfectly round because if it's like this when it turns it can actually do that weird little yes 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 thing and unspool more than you need and then that like you said can get tangled in other things wow so, so a breakthrough but maybe some new things you need. To yeah work. little yeah, but i said it's such a big role i could just cut it and ethan ethan helped me with supports because when you print if i'm holding my if the figure is holding its arm out and you just 3D print, that's just going to break off and fall or droop. And so you have to actually add a support a that gets thing. printed. Exactly. Yes, to okay. hold it up and that snaps off. Well, you can do that in your slicer program. The first one we did, it just added supports, but then it like filled in in between the supports. So we like were getting a webbing. Like, exactly. Yeah, a solid oh, block almost of, okay. okay, that one's ruined. So, you know, it takes some work. And the programs we were talking about, you know, interface. These programs are not the easiest because there's so many variables, but they're not just very intuitive if you don't know 3D design and all of that. So yeah. it, I'm playing with it. I'm like, okay, uh, it doesn't matter. I'm learning and you know, getting better. So yeah, it's it's I right now, unfortunately, um, had to, handling my dad's passing and handling my mom's care is absorbing a lot of my time. In fact, you know, that's I'm flying out today today to take care of more things out in California. That's one of the reasons that even though I keep reading about it and reading about, hey, I'm going to do and learn how to do honeycombing so that it's not, it doesn't have to be solid. It has to be what's the structure that gives you strength per weight and that kind of stuff. I will eventually dive in because I have so many things that I want to experiment with this. I want to make puzzles. I want to make figures. I, all yeah. that stuff. I'm just lagging behind you. I wish that we had, we can go back and forth about this. So, hey, well, here's the latest thing. And this worked and this didn't, you know, that kind of thing. Well, so, I so, so I'm, I'm much happier with the printer. Uh, and I can give it a better rating than I was giving it before. Okay. Um, and when you have your files, so the I did get some files from Humble Bundle, but you have to put them in the coding format for your printer to recognize. You have to save it in the right format. So you have to bring it into a slicer program and the slicer program cuts it. So it knows for each layer and you can adjust those and, and you can just, for ease of use, you could say low quality to highest quality, and it uses more um, of the filament and it takes longer at the highest quality, obviously. So that yeah, I got to play with it some more because, I mean, these are blue because Micro Center did not have that much filament. They were like <laughs> almost bare. I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, but I think if you paint over it, it'll still paint well and cover up the blue. Um, but you look at it and it's got some like the sword is not nice and smooth. It's a little jaggedy. Um, and there's the detail looks nice, but then it's also got areas that are a little uh, janky <laughs> from the printing. So That's it's not as high a quality as like a figure you'd buy in the store for five or six bucks. Exactly. But this cost me like 45 cents. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my younger brother and his friends were great when they played D&D. They often played with little figures, you know, little miniatures, and they bought all different kinds of sets and they learned which ones were great about it, right out of the box it looks great or that you have to kind of like file away some of the flashing you know if it was done in a mold right. and it's got that little ridge on the side where that was what leaked out from the mold if you will and they, they were amazing like the the artwork that they could do and the the tuning that they could do so that it was all just the right smooth and text uh, smoothness texture etc it was really cool i to see like i don't know um they all looked like jewel thieves or something like that. They had these little visors that gave huge magnification and they got such incredible steady hands. They're painting like a, a sigil on a shield with a brush that's like two little um, spindles. You know, I'm trying to think what you call it, you know, and and yet they were able to like have that incredible steady hand. My idea was like, can I dip it in brown? Can I, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm, I'm just not the guy to make Pisanki. I'm more right. the guy to like, give me the roller and I'll do the entire wall. <laughs> right, right. Maybe that's not true. I have really good eye-hand coordination and fine motor skills, but I don't know that I get the satisfaction out of people that really love being able to say, you can see each individual link of the chain that's around this guy's waist. He's wearing a chain belt. I, I don't know. I just, I get impatient or something. I don't have that. 
Right. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. So. so. <laughs> All right. Well, I know we're closing in, uh, okay. but real quick, um, I, I, you know, we still got things on our list that we haven't got to. We'll get to, but I have a quick, interesting trivia. You oh, ready? Okay. Yes. The, you know, Return of the Jedi, the original Ewok celebration song, the Lub Nub song. We got yes. to know, you know that one. Right. <laughs> Do you know who wrote that? So is it? So I'm going to guess somebody like Mark Mothersbaugh. That is an extremely good guess. Here, I'll give you a clue. That came from Oingo Boingo. Um, um, Good guess. Darn it. Uh, I would have guessed somebody like that, like a rocker that became uh, a a sound guy for movies. Um, Well, kind of. It's almost the opposite. Trevor Rabin. Also, let's see. Um, uh, uh, Weber. Andrew Lloyd Weber. (laughs) No. Okay. I'll, I'll give you a little clue. Okay. He was the front man after this, after Jedi, he okay. became the front man of a class, a, a super group, classic rock group um, in like the mid eighties. So like John Wetton for uh, Asia or. Yeah, uh, but not them, not him, not them. Um, so. Uh, hmm. Wow. I don't, I, okay. Uh, okay. So. I'll tell you what, who he was the group of, but see if you know his name then. Okay. After he did the Lub Nub song for Return of the Jedi, right, right. he became the front man for the supergroup Toto. Oh, it's uh, Jeff Porcaro. No, that's... Not him? Um, it was okay. only like a year and a half, two years. Right, right. I'll get this. Um, and he's his, the lead singer, front man, right? So yes. His father is another famous musician. Okay. So I knew it was the Porcaro brothers. Um, and it's. Uh... Damn, why is it not coming to me? Because I can even like picture yeah. the first album and. I didn't know this one. And I didn't Hyper. know who it was, but. Okay. I-, I give. I'm sorry. I should get this. So. The front man of Toto that previously wrote the Love Nub Zombie Return of the Jedi was right. Joseph Williams, who is John Williams' son. See, I wouldn't have gotten that. Me so neither. I was like was blown away. For the first Toto album, I wouldn't that somehow that doesn't ring a bell at all. Well, I don't Go know ahead. if it was the first Toto okay. album. Okay, but, okay, but okay. It, it was like 84 to 86 or something like that. He yeah. was front man. Because I still buy like Steve Lukather albums. He was their guitarist. He's still he's in it. An amazing guitarist. He is still couple, in that. Yeah. In fact, he had like there's a couple of Christmas albums that are like, you know, shredding Christmas albums and call like Mary Axmas. Yes, Every I love that. He's ever made is like, man, this guy can play. Yeah. <laughs> That's I really love him and, and the hydra album the fourth album from toto i really love the first album because it had pop friendly songs the hydra album has all kinds of more proggy type things and it's like kind of that transition before right africa and all that kind of stuff anyway joseph williams there you go okay did Thank not you. know I, I, I watch i watch one of those <laughs> things online you know 10 things you didn't know about star wars or whatever yeah, well yeah. i knew nine of them so whatever very good and john williams song so that, yeah. that's how interesting you know what it, what it and and the fact that i was going down that well there are certain people that are danny elfman john williams i mean yep. they were responsible for 90 percent of the great you know wow okay yeah. so all right all right Thank well you. hey that a good one. that's a good stuffer okay i have a good time out in california well, you, you know, much. as much as you can. <laughs> it honestly, grief works oddly. I'm not torn up, but I am ambushed occasionally by, oh boy, you know, I, that's yes. so much reminiscent of something that me and my dad talked about, and we'll never have that conversation again. Yeah, and, it's, and it's it, all it, those little memories and all those songs and all those places that are like can't think of it without being well my family went on a vacation there and you really do go through uh, those different stages and any strong emotion like that you just can't sustain it for long it's just human nature but it it enters a different uh feeling and phase you know uh so yeah i I get you it's kind of weird i'll I'll be like talking and i'll start leaking tears because it isn't like you know whoops uh anyway time time will heal as you're saying you know what i mean and there's still things to be handled but there's nothing that's scary it's just going to be what does the law require what is the what does the family require all of it you know what i mean how do you handle 
the money and the possessions and of course making sure that my mom is taken care of you know she's the way the brothers are able to work it out we're still not going to be able to always be there for her so she's going to be weeks without a visit whereas my dad used to visit every day and that uh i just can't stand it i can't stand it right so i can't stand it and well yeah. get past all the crap you got to go through because then you can you know worry about your mom and talk to your brothers remember hey remember when we did this with dad and you yeah. you know you get you remember the good uh, stuff so today is the day of his cremation uh so tomorrow or soon thereafter i pick up the cremains and that's just going to be like oh man that's about as final as you can freaking get uh, well make sure so, you got your favorite tunes on the plane that's a great way to put it exactly so i got my my traveling outfit already you know i got casual clothes i tend to not dress up on planes anymore yeah thank you very much for uh getting this a little bit early today so sure. i will not be in a crazy rush to get to the plane and have a great weekend you we'll, too uh, sir we'll, we'll we'll still be able to do things next week even if it's uh laptop instead of my, my characteristic skynet rig so okay <laughs> remote <All> skynet right. <laughs> very good later you have been listening to the relentless geekery podcast Come back next week and join Alan and Stephen's conversation on Geek Topics of the Week.